Welcome back to the Student Pilot Cast, everyone. I'm excited to be doing something a little different this week and going back to an interview format. In today's episode, I get to talk to Tim, who's a relatively new pilot, and I think he has a rather unique story about how he got interested in flying and why he persevered through his training. I hope you enjoy episode 51, a sit-down with a new pilot. Chandler Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango, so Chandler Air Service. We have Sulu, and uh, we'd like a south departure, please. Hello, everyone. As I said, this week we get a little something different. We'll get back to part two of my instrument makeup flight next week, but I wanted to throw in the audio from a sit-down I had with an old friend and colleague when we recently reconnected after several years because of aviation. He had let me know that he had just learned to fly last year, but I didn't know a lot of details, and I purposely held off asking for them until we had a chance to sit down and talk with the audio being recorded. Tim has a bit of a different backstory for his aviation interest and, in my opinion, has some pretty interesting reasons for seeing his training through. It was a really enjoyable conversation for me, and I hope you have a good time as well. So here's my friend, Tim, and a bit of his story. I am privileged today to be with an old friend, and we worked together a long time ago. Tim Omta, my co-worker and my friend, is here with me today, and Tim is a relatively recent pilot. Um, recently certificated pilot. Uh, so Tim, how are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you. How are you, Bill? I'm doing great. And yeah. it's really, really fun to have have an interview, do an interview in person. This is awesome. I know, right? I, like I said, I don't get out much. I'm a real nerd. So <laughs> yeah, you described uh, half of the aviation world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just to get started, get the ball rolling here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, as Bill mentioned, I, I work with him in the IT industry. So we uh, work in the software industry. Um, I was raised a farm boy um, up in Washington State, Eastern Washington, uh, through a number of different circumstances. Uh, ended up uh, down in Arizona in 2002. Um, and uh, boy, I guess fast forward a bit. Uh, I uh, this strange thing around the end of 2019 hit called COVID, and um, in my circumstances right now, I, I live alone. So uh, at that point, everything shut down during that time period. All the the restaurants. St- started to close under federal mandate. Um, the, um, uh, I'm active in, in, in my church. So that's a lot of social life for me too. Even all of that shut down. So basically all of my travel for work shut down. So I was stuck in a house with, um, uh, kind of some drying up customer calls. Cause even the customers began to, uh, uh, go a little bit more dormant. They had their own challenges through all of this. And I was like, okay, I got to find something to do to engage my mind and body, get out of the house, um, 
in order not to go nuts. So I live by a uh, airfield called Falcon Field uh, in uh, my where I live now, Mesa, Arizona. I went over there and got an intro flight uh, at uh, Red Rock uh, Flight School, and I. I won't say I was relaxed, but uh, <laughs> I went up and uh, we just took a really, it was beautiful flight, uh, wonderful weather as we generally always have here in Arizona. Um, wonderful weather, beautiful f- uh, flight over all the, the red desert and in the, uh, we have some lakes and so forth. Um, and I, I enjoyed the experience. Uh, I was not at ease because there was so much to watch, even though the trainer of course was taking care of most of it. Uh, there were so many, <laughs> so many instruments, um, and the three degrees of movement and the fact that the, uh, the fluid you're moving in the air is moving itself and pushing you around. Uh, a lot of different things that I wasn't used to and were frankly unsettling. Uh, but I decided to, to push forward and enrolled in the school and, and got myself a spot on your podcast all because of it. <laughs> well, that's the most important thing. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, what got you interested in aviation? Is this uh, recent or is this something you've kind of thought about your whole life? COVID really that, that, that is what made me decide to take the step. I had to get out. I had to do something that I knew would stretch my stretch me. Um, did I have any idea how much it would stretch me? No, I didn't. Um, it stretched me in every way, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Why do I say that? I say mentally because lesson one was buying $700 worth of books. Uh, uh, that was, uh, it, it was a stack of books a foot high, literally when I piled them up uh, about instrumentation, about the laws, the rules and so forth, excuse me, of, and so forth. Um, so there's a lot of mental knowledge, a lot of knowledge acquisition that went into this, a lot of study. That's what I mean by mentally. The, the emotional part was um, I am an introvert in spite of the fact that I'm here speaking on a podcast. I, I really am an introvert. And I, though I do it for work in, in context-specific uh, uh, engagements, I, I don't tend to like to get in front of people or uh, do th- <laughs> do things in front of people. Aviation, flying that aircraft, you got to learn a new ling- lingo. You got to learn to talk on the comms and it is a radio broadcast. Everybody hears what you're saying. Every screw up you make in the air, on the air, to tower, um, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to struggle. Uh, well, I struggled at least some of you are, some folks out there are probably, uh, more at ease with it. But, um, I, I struggled with the, the language. It's very specific and, uh, made a lot of mistakes there. Felt very self-conscious. Um, I, 
didn't understand some of the instructions from Tower uh, one time in particular that it was <laughs> pretty horrifying for me. And I pulled off uh, onto a taxiway um, in front of a Seminole, which was a dual engine uh, aircraft, two props burning right there. And, uh, and I pulled out in front of it. Um, he told me, watch out for that Seminole. And I was sitting there thinking, what the heck is a Seminole? Well, I don't know what a Seminole is. And I pulled out and, uh, yeah. So I cut a aircraft twice my size off. Um, so anyway, what I mean by emotionally is you, you, <laughs> you got to keep pressing forward. You're going to make mistakes in front of everybody. They're embarrassing. At least for me, they were, um, and make you feel like an idiot. I don't know me. of anybody who is comfortable talking on the radio for the first time, let alone managing the flying of an aircraft. Oh my gosh. So anyway, there was, that was the emotional part, I guess. And, uh, you know, the good news is yep. though, I'll let you continue, but yep. the good news is that, um, Learning to fly around the Phoenix area, it, this is a busy airspace. Mm -hmm. It's and very so busy. And so you spend a lot of time on the radio. You spend a lot of time with traffic, yep. um, dealing with traffic, um, approach, um, towers. Uh, most of our airports are towered, at least, you know, Class Delta. And um, so you get a lot of practice. So yep. most of the country where you go flying elsewhere, you know, you've already got it. So yeah, at, yeah. Least, at least you did it at the beginning. Yeah, I think we have uh, we have a very busy airspace down here, um, and we have airports dotted all over the state that really harken back to the flight training from World War II. Yep. Uh, you see that all over the place, and I can see why they trained the pilots down here. But uh, even though it's busy, we also have really idyllic weather, I yep. think, for, for flying, whereas I think pilots up north in... Um, you know, maybe and, yeah. Minnesota or, mm -hmm. or uh, up there, up, up in the Midwest, the North, and especially Alaska, they have a lot more weather challenges on their hands than, than we ever see here. So, yeah. uh, it's, the environment is nice to us in that, that respect. Um, yeah, I guess Agreed. to, just to put a cap on the last thing I, I said, three things were challenging to me physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, physical part is just the coordination. So you're, you're learning to drive and, uh, uh, drive and control a machine that is going in three dimensions, um, and a lot faster than you typically do in a car. Uh, and, uh, I got to tell you, the most challenging thing for me was uh, getting all the coordination down for, for landing. So uh, getting getting landings right, getting them smooth. Um, the first, uh, I feel like, 100 times, this <laughs> the trainer had to grab the, the yoke. It wasn't 100 times. And how but many it's times your... did you hear, look at the end of the runway? Yeah. Look at the end of the runway. Yeah. <laughs> Look yep. down the runway. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because we're all doing it. We're looking right over the cowling. Like, yep. why can't I see anything? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, those were the those were the things that were. It challenged me in every way, far more than I. So, <laughs> I knew I was getting into. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I gotta. I gotta. Um, I gotta double click on this a little bit because this is kind of new to me. Um, 
you didn't really have a a mentor or a, somebody you looked up to who was a pilot or a, a, you know an interest in aviation when you were a kid. It sounds like this just sort of came out of nowhere. This is um, it's different than I usually it's actually hear. Worse than that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose it is. Um, uh, like I said, I, I wanted to challenge myself, but it, it's it's even worse than... Like, why didn't you buy a motorcycle yeah, instead? Yeah, I've like, done that, too. Yeah, yeah, I've done that, too. I, I like... Um, I, yeah, I like those fast things. It would have been a lot things. cheaper yeah, to buy a yeah, motorcycle. Well, so... <laughs> I, when I talk to folks, a lot of folks that uh, have had, um, well, okay, I've, I've had motorcycles, I've ridden a lot, but um, let's just say that a lot of the folks that have uh, motorcycles that, that I run into here and there, um, they, they have some sort of inner injury, which is always, I, dude, I've got to be on a morphine drip now because my back is all messed up. And Especially so if, dirt bikers. Yeah. If yeah. they lived, if they lived, then they, there's some sort of horrendous medical condition that they have to to deal with for the rest of their lives. And, um, you know, I figured I'll, I'll just pick something where, you know, I'll just die. You know, that, that's yeah. it. You know, I, I I'm won't. also a motorcycle rider. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I love them. I love them. There is risk there though. I think that, uh, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Especially here in the winter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is the best time to ride, of course. Yeah. Yeah. At least um, here. But, so interesting. Yeah. So, I just find it fascinating that you just decided some, something drove you to aviation. Most people don't think about aviation, right? Mm -hmm. What was it? Was it that you were living close to the airport and you saw them all the time? Was it, what, what was it that made you think I'm going to go over to the airport? Boy, that's a good question. Like, I, yeah. Like I said, I, I, it's, it's, it's worse than not having a mentor or any history there. Actually, my, my dad was killed in, in, in a small aircraft back in 78. So uh, I actually, he was not a pilot. He was a passenger in a, um, uh, a Beechcraft Bonanza. Uh -huh. um, the plane took off from Silver City, New Mexico. And uh, the pilot, I as best we can figure out, the pilot made an error uh, in his calculation as far as wind direction, took off the wrong way for the wind direction, um, and just put it down, smashed it into the side of a road there, not too far from, from the air, uh, airport. So uh, I actually grew up... Uh, uh, that of course is a that leaves a mark, right? Yeah, so sure. I, I I grew up um, not really. I won't say I ever regarded uh, I ever regarded flying as unsafe. I I, I really didn't. Uh, but my mom, on the other hand, had a very different opinion about that, and so. I really didn't entertain anything like um, flying until I was out of the house. But that said, I still didn't really um, entertain it until this last last year completing it. So, but uh, you're drilling into this, so you're making me think. Um, <laughs> and 
I think part of it was sometimes, hmm, sometimes you, sorry, I'm hesitating so much. I'm just trying to think through this. But Take your time. No worries. There, there is, um, sometimes in life you go through a series of failures. There, there are things that just don't work out the way um, you hoped or, or planned, um, uh, you cut something short maybe because, because it just isn't working out or, or maybe it's no fault of your own. It just isn't going to happen and there's nothing you can do about it. Or maybe there's a character flaw in you. Um, and you can't stomach finishing whatever it is, but for whatever reason, maybe you have a failure. And I think uh, a big driver here for me was that uh, without going into a, a lot about uh, things I was thinking about, I think it's probably a culmination of different things, but um, there was a need to uh, engage something really difficult outside, way outside my comfort zone and push it through to the end no matter what it took um uh it took more than i thought it would but let's face it what what do you take on that doesn't um (laughs) that's worthwhile exactly So it took me more. You're giving me goosebumps, man. This is aviation. I think does that for a lot of people. I I, I guess it was just this need to to. I wanted to finish something really hard. I wanted to engage it, and I wanted to complete it, and I wanted to be able to have something that the next time I go through something very very difficult, I can look back. I don't know, grab my own bootstraps, so to speak, and, and just say, I made it through that. I can make it through this. So I wanted to point to a really difficult success and have that in my, my storehouse of character building, if you will. Amazing. I, Amazing. I don't know what else to say, I guess. that. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So I hear that today is a pretty special day. This date is a pretty special day <laughs> right. in your aviation history. Yep. Yeah. Explain. It's funny that the date that and that was totally random. I didn't think about it until I got uh, a reminder on my my phone. Um, I have I have a bunch of pictures saved out in in uh, uh, a product called OneDrive. Um, and it's a cloud uh, repository, so I have a bunch of pictures saved out there. And it sends me uh, an email. On this day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much on a daily basis on this day. And then it gives me kind of a collage of, of different things that, that happened. So, and I should say, we're recording this on April 29th, 2022. Yep, yep. So this date, which was a Thursday then, today's a Friday, but uh, last Last year, Thursday, um, April 29th, uh, 2021, was uh, my first solo flight. So yeah. uh, 
my instructor had me fly him from Falcon Field over to uh, Chandler, uh, which is only a 10 mile flight, which is like two minutes in a plane. <laughs> no, it's not that short, but really short. That's very small scale in an aircraft. But he had me land him there. How, how busy you are getting a um, frequency change exactly. from Falcon Field and then calling in. You're almost into Chandler's airspace. Yes, exactly. Before you can even you know yeah. level out. You're watching out for the Class Bravo above you. Yes, from right? Phoenix, from, <laughs> from PHX. Phoenix. Yeah. And you're, you're dodging... Uh, the class uh, Delta of Gateway, yep. Phoenix uh, Mesa Gateway Airport, um, which has a large class Delta, actually. Yep. It's larger than most. Um, so you're threading the needle there right in between. And so by the time you call Chandler, it feels like you just took off. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. It, it, it literally does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he had me fly, uh, fly him over there. Uh, we we practice a few takeoffs and landings, um, uh, and uh, then the guy says, "Okay, taxi me out," and hops out of the plane with his little handheld radio and says, "I want three full stop taxi backs," and I'm like, "Oh my." Gosh, I, I was in terror. I thought I was going to die. My my. He, he probably signed your logbook. Yeah, right? mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. He did all. Did of you that. have any inkling that it was that day that it no, was happening? No, no. He, he, he was he was uh, he was assessing me in his own mind, mm -hmm. but um, apparently he felt I was ready. But uh, I physically shook. I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> So I did it. I did it. Uh, you didn't he even bend out. the airplane. Didn't even. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it, it went fine. However, um, I forgot to switch frequencies. I was so stressed out. So when I got down, um, yeah, I circled the pattern, relanded the aircraft. It was a, a full stop taxi back. So I was pulling off the runway. I didn't switch to the ground frequency. Uh, so, uh, when I did have the presence of mind to make that switch, I heard a very pissed off tower. Um, <laughs> but that, that's I interesting. I, I also did my solo at Chandler. Um, did it you? was many years before yours, not many, yeah. but back in 2008. Yeah. That, and back then on taxi backs, uh, if I recall, you stayed with tower. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They had two you were frequencies in the pattern and there. everything. So. Um, so they must have changed their MO. Okay. Over there. Yeah, yeah, it's probably got a little, gotten a little more busy then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, or maybe just the traffic that day. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, they had two frequencies and uh, um, yeah, they didn't appreciate my uh, so not switching. Tell me what you were thinking when you firewalled the throttle, nobody next to you anymore. After you got over the fact that the airplane took off way faster, <laughs> you were a lot You're lighter. You're saying the instructor's fat, huh? <laughs> I just remember that was one of the first things that went through my mind was, yeah. wow, I just got off the ground a lot shorter than I was used to. Uh, I, was, I didn't think of that. What was going through your mind? Concentration, just focus. I... Um, 
in adrenaline high. Uh, you know how people, I guess, I, I, I don't guess. I mean, when, when something, uh, say, say a, a person gets hurt, but they, they are on so much adrenaline because of a, mm-hmm. a, a, a pressing situation, maybe a dire situation that they don't feel any pain or anything like that. I, I just, I, I felt, um, I felt just sheer focus, concentration and adrenaline. I got, I got to do this. I got to do this. Just follow your training. And, uh, I don't know. That's just what I did. It was just auto mode because I had done it so much, you know? Yeah. Uh, how, um, how long had you been training at that point? Uh, so I started at the end of January, okay. got all the medical so done, all months. that stuff. So it had, this was month number three. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you'd probably done that it. Was, a, you'd probably done it over a hundred times. Pretty, pretty green. I don't know if it's a hundred or not, but, uh, but it, it, yeah, I was, I guess I could check my logbook, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So was there a sense of uh, excitement as well, or were you just so locked in on concentrating? You don't even remember any other emotions. The emotions were all over the board from sheer terror to excitement. So I don't really know how to describe that. It, it, you would think you'd feel one or the other, but I'm telling you, I, I, my legs were shaking from, um, from the adrenaline uh-huh. and, uh, and the, the fear, uh, both of those things. So there was just a full spectrum of emotion. If you, that's amazing. if that's what you're asking, the, I, the good thing is, uh, all that adrenaline, everything probably slowed down a little bit for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You weren't behind the airplane or anything. No, no. Um, that's good. What about when he crawled back in? Uh, your instructor, were you, tell me how you were feeling then. Did you feel a sense of accomplishment? Were you kind of on cloud nine? Were you thinking I did it? Like what, what was going through your mind then? Or were you just relieved to have him back? All of those things, I would say (laughs) all of them. There's certainly that sense of accomplish. I can't believe accomplishment. I, I can't believe I just did that. Um, and then another sense of, oh man, I can't believe I didn't freaking switch frequent, you know, you oh, go yeah. over, you go over the you mistakes. Start yourself, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. yeah. You go over all the mistakes you made. So there's some highs, there's some lows. There's just a whole jumble of stuff there. Um, but yeah, we, he got in and, uh, he was of course very happy and proud of me. And I was, uh, uh, I, I almost in emotional zombie mode because of the full spectrum there. But, uh, yeah, got in, we, we flew back to, to Mesa and, um, they wanted to cut the back, the sweat patch off the back, out of the back of my shirt, but I like my <laughs> shirt. So I, I asked that they not do that. <laughs> but they, but you do have a shirt on today. I do have a shirt and this is my, um, my, uh, <clears throat> Lesson, Lesson 13, 13 survivor. survivor shirt. So they, uh, 
at the school that I went to, they, um, uh, they give you a certificate and a shirt and they snap your picture and the shirt says lesson 13 survivor because lesson 13 is your first solo flight. Um, and you survived it. So you get the shirt and, uh, they snap a picture of you, like I said, and, and they put it out there on their Instagram feed and, um, and you get a little certificate. So, yeah. Nice. All right. So I'm going to ask one more emotion question and I'll get to some things that'll give you some relief. We'll, okay. we'll get into some, but you laid, you laid your head down that night. Were you thinking about it? Were you thinking about the accomplishment of it? Yeah, I, 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 I yeah, there's certainly a, a, a high, if you will, uh, that, that, that comes with, with that kind of accomplishment. I, I can't believe I did that. And even today, right. I, I, I got my pilot's license now and the things in my wallet here, um, and I'm like, I can't believe I can fly aircraft. I can't believe it. <laughs> and it's there may be times, cool, yeah, there may be times when that is indeed in doubt. But <laughs> but you're yeah. in a, you're in a very elite group. It's a small number of people that that can do that. And yeah. that was the first day you did it by yourself. That's the day you really become a pilot. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's that's a big step. You're right not certificated there. yet, but you're a pilot. Yeah. You, know, you did it. You did it. You did it by you did yourself. It by yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that story. So, um, doing your solo at the end of April, that means you've done some summer flying here. Yeah. Tell me what that's like. It depends on which direction you go. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, it's hot. <laughs> so, uh, that can be, uh, that can be pretty miserable. So you tend to, climb and get yourself you up. Yeah. If you can, exactly. <laughs> Your density altitude is pretty, pretty high, but, um, but yeah, you usually want to get up 7,000 feet or higher, um, just to, to cool things off a bit because down on the ground here, it can be 110, 115, no, no problem. And some um, people, you know, from the Midwest or back East, that might sound high, but you have to get to over 7,000 feet around here to pretty much go anywhere because yeah. we're surrounded by mountains. So yeah. It That's why I said that depends on what direction yeah. you go. It doesn't, so. uh, it doesn't compute for some people when you, you know, you can do a whole flight at 3,500 feet or something, but, yeah. uh, yeah, but around here flat. you kind of have to get up there to go anywhere, especially North. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going, so if you're going, uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, it depends on what direction you're going. If you're going north from the airport I fly out of, Falcon, um, you're going to go uh, over this mountain range called the Superstitions. So um, how does that feel? Well, that, that uh, for a new pilot like me, it'll give you the, it'll wake you up. <laughs> um, the reason I say that is because the updrafts will start to hit you as you approach uh, you'll find yourself um, in a little aircraft like that, blown right up a thousand feet, like 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 you're a kite. Um, so you'll feel that, and as you're crossing over some of the um, uh, 
uh, what do I say, grooves and ravines up there. The ridges at, at, and whatnot. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, uh, once you get up um, uh, around the tops of them, the, the ridges and ravines, the, the wind is getting funneled down through those areas and you'll get some turbulence and again in a small aircraft let, like uh like you or i fly um <laughs> that wakes you up it gives you a sense of um what i'm flying things through is not in control of, yeah right? exactly it you of things you're not in exactly control of. it yeah. gives you a good it improves your prayer life tremendously yeah <laughs> So, yeah. And, and those updrafts that you're feeling, you know, anywhere that air is going up, it somewhere comes else down. it's coming down. Mm -hmm. yeah. yep. So you usually run into that a few minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be very uh, conscious of that because you have limited power in the aircraft and, and really uh, wind and the elements of, of Earth uh, have a whole lot more power than, than that little aircraft does. Sure. So you can be put down. Um, a lot quick, a lot more quickly than than the uh, horsepower of that aircraft can raise you up. Yeah, my so. listeners have probably heard more than they care to about updrafts and downdrafts mm. as I finished my primary training in the end of July. Oh, okay, and did my check this year? No, oh, two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Okay, and uh, did uh, did my check right in the afternoon. In like July 26th, oh, I think it was. Wow, that must have been beautiful and balmy. Yeah, yeah, lots of movement. Luckily, they take it into account. All right, cool. So let's set the scene a little bit for your training. Um, you already said you trained at Red Rock Flight yeah. School at Falcon mm -hmm. Field, which is uh, Foxtrot, Foxtrot Zulu. Mm -hmm. Yep. And what aircraft? What kind of aircraft did you train in? Uh, they're Piper Cherokees. So the the school. Uh, aside from maybe two of them, one one high performance aircraft, uh, which is not the Piper, that that's different, and they also have a, a, a multi engine there. Uh, aside from those two, uh, at least while I was there, aside from those two, they 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 had a fleet of Piper Cherokees, so all pretty much the same uh, style of aircraft. So. It makes it easy for the students, uh, or at least for me, it did, uh, because I would move from one aircraft to the next, depending on the lesson, whatever aircraft was free, and uh, it wouldn't be too much of a mind bender to wrap your head around the, the controls um, when moving around. So Yeah, that's the same type of airplane I trained in back okay. in 2008. I was at a different airport and a different school, but they had the same type of fleet. Okay. And I imagine um, I've been over and uh, seen some of um, Jim and Jordy's airplanes over there. So I imagine that you learned it on steam gauges, not glass cockpit, right? So um, kind of the six pack. Yes. Right. Absolutely. You weren't using Garmin G one thousands or no. anything like that. Yeah, they they have um, they have a Garmin. 430, 430 in there was, for for yeah. nav yeah mm -hmm. for nav but that's nothing like you see in the yeah. uh, you know the avionics so you, you were and, using the round instruments yes absolutely yeah. the six pack the traditional yep. six pack the plane uh was quite a bit older than me so uh it was from the early 60s 
yeah. uh, the airframe at least. Yep. So. Yep. Same experience that I think a lot of people have mm -hmm. for sure. Speaks to a good design though, I would think. <laughs> right. <laughs> An age old design. How did you choose your flight school? Um, there are several at the, 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 I think there are at least five at the airport that I'm, that I fly out of. The, the reason I chose, uh, the flight school I chose is because it had a, um, it was more of a family owned, uh, personal touch type of a school. It wasn't a very large, uh, school where just a ton of students and they're just churning people through. I knew I wouldn't survive very well in that type of environment because I guess, as you pointed out earlier, I, I don't come from an aviation family or anything like that. I knew I would need um, more of a lower key type of environment, more of a uh, environment that <laughs> for lack of a better word, I felt more emotionally comfortable in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and totally that's, valid. Yeah. yeah that, that's, that's what, that's what Red Rock, the, the, the feel for me, it, it came across that way. It's just a little family owned shop. Um, it's, it's growing, so it's not as little anymore, but uh, a little of family owned shop and uh, they were just much more willing to work with me and not, you know, kick you out if you miss this or that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it doesn't seem small to me. They've got a pretty big operation. Yeah. Going over it, there. It, yeah. I, I watched it grow over the time even yeah. that I was there. So it, it's, it's getting a it's lot the bigger nature now. of the business these days. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be getting a lot more popular to learn to fly. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's driving that. Well, but, there's a lot of demand and yeah. even, even now, I mean, there's just not enough pilots, you know, mm -hmm. they, the airlines and, um, corporate aviation, they're all having a hard time finding pilots. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it all again, COVID. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah it stopped for a couple of years or yeah, year and, and a half all the, and, and the now one. it's, um, we're basically back to pre 2019 levels and the forecast is, you know, sky's the limit. Yeah. Unintended. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did you go and interview or at least visit any other flight schools or did you do all your research online? This, this kind of stuff is interesting to any of my listeners that may be contemplating getting their license. Um, my research really was second party, uh, where I, so you did have a mentor. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't know that you could call him a mentor, um, where, where I, where I go to church, uh, there was a, a police officer there that, that that was there, and and he would talk about flying and stuff like that. He's so, a pilot, yeah, and he flew out a Falcon, and uh, he uh, talked about um, I think it was Classic Air or mm -hmm. uh, one of the other larger large schools, Oxford, maybe. Yeah. Um, so he, he talked about those. I looked them up and they looked fine. They, 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 but they, they looked, they looked pretty formal to me. So I was worried about that <clears throat> because I knew I'd need kind of more, more of the slow train. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And then at my gym, and one of the guys behind the counter was going through flight training, and he told me that um, he had gone through Red Rock, and he really liked the family feel there, the more uh, smaller, closer attention type of a <clears throat> feel, lower key feel. And I thought, okay, that, that fits my personality. And you didn't um, have to wear epaulets. Yeah, right? there you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, that's, that's kind of how that, I made my decision. It yeah. felt like a good fit. Yeah. And then you went and visited them, yeah. I presume, yeah. and signed up for that uh, intro flight. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Excellent. So the the next question then is, did you get to choose your CF, CFI? Did you talk to several? Did somebody talk to you about what you were wanting and recommend a CFI from that school? Or were you just simply assigned someone? Um, he, he was the guy that took me up on the intro flight. I just felt okay. like um, I get this guy. He, uh, um, I felt like he knows what he's doing. And I felt like he can... Um, teach me in a, uh, I don't know, he, he wasn't the type of guy that you felt like you were under the thumb with. He was very patient and, and very smart, very quick. Um, and I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable with this guy. He knows what he's doing and he's not... Mr. Know-it-all, and he's not going to grind on me. Um, he's going to be patient with me. Uh, so I stuck with him. I just cool. kept booking and appointments. did you have him through your whole training? Yeah, I just kept booking appointments with him and had him through the uh, my my whole training, probably much to his chagrin, but, you know. I, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm no, sure he I, There, there were some other instructors here and there that, that I flew with, um, but in, in my case, uh, in my specific case, there may be more people that other people who are more comfortable with, with doing this, but I, I wanted to stay in general by and large with one, one person, because I feel like this person has context with me and that context can carry forward into the, the lessons. Whereas if I was switching with people, yeah, I got different experiences and a more broad experience, but I felt like I had to set constant, constantly reset context, mm -hmm. um, with that person and sure. also pluses and minuses, right? Yeah. Pluses and minuses. Exactly. So how many CFIs did you fly with through your training? Cause you probably did stage checks or let's see a couple of times flew with someone else, right? Two ladies and, uh, and my standard instructor, uh, he, uh, so a guy, um, and then three other men at least. Oh, okay. Yeah. So six. Yeah, I think about six. Okay, yeah. good. One, so one, one of them variety. was Jim. Yeah. Oh, one the, of them was the, Jim. Main, the owner. Yeah. yeah. So, um, does Jim have to do kind of your final stage check before you? No, do your check it, ride or? it was more. I. Uh, it was more just based on. Um, we need, just how scheduling worked out. Okay. That particular time or two. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the age-old question in 2021, 2022 timeframe, before the gas price rises, how much did it cost you? Oh, my gosh. Do you yeah. Even know? It, uh, 
per hour. I think the the per hour cost started when I started. It was probably about a hundred and thirty, and then it creeped up to a hundred and forty, and then I just took a flight um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was almost a hundred sixty, and then fuel charge. Fuel sur- surcharge on top of that, which was, which isn't normal. Usually the airplane is yeah. uh, a set rate wet. Uh, wet. Yeah. yeah, everything's included, but fuel's gotten so crazy it's right now crazy. that they yeah. surcharged on top of that to try to <laughs> survive. So it has gone up very rapidly. Yeah, that's kind of the world we live in these days. Yeah. So at this point, have you flown any other types of aircraft yet? I haven't. I, I would like to fly a high wing mm-hmm. uh, Cessna. I would like to try that. Um, the The school I went to doesn't have them, so I probably want to go to one of those neighboring schools and ask, hey, what's it take to get, get one of your guys mm-hmm. to check me out on uh, on, a, on a Cessna? I would like to, to see what that's all about because the Pipers are lowering. So if you were talking to someone right now, which you likely are, um, (laughs) who was interested in getting their private pilot license, what would you tell them? I guess, uh, boy, that's a highly contextual question because everybody is coming from a, a, a different angle there. I think as far as their personality, um, because some folks are like adrenaline junkies and they're just going to run for the aircraft and none of the emotional issues I've described today are going to be any issue to them at all. And then you have um, the apex introverts here that are scared of everything. <laughs> um, uh, so I guess I would wonder... Um, what would I tell them? That was the question. What would I tell them? I guess I would just tell them that it will likely be a lot more. Get ready for some work. It, it will likely be a lot more than than you expect, and it will push you in every um, in every way. And I'm I'm guessing it will be more than you expect, unless you already have some sort of experience with with this. I didn't, so my view might be skewed, but be prepared for a lot of work. Be prepared to study. Be prepared to fly patterns over and over and over again ad nauseum until you feel like you can put that thing down safely. Uh, and it'll probably take you a lot more tries than than uh, than you're comfortable with, but uh, you might, in other words, you might feel stupid. I did. Um, I, That's good for us, though. Yeah, keeps yeah. Us, keeps us in our it, place. Really. Boy, it does. It, that puts <laughs> you in your place. There's no doubt about it. I, I probably, like I said earlier, landings were it for me as far as hard to get right. I felt like such an idiot so many times, but I would say keep at it. That's normal. Was it worth um, it? It's it's worth it. That sense of accomplishment. I don't know. Even if I don't do anything uh, more with it, I I have something that I can point back to that 
that was really tough. I stuck with it. I finished it. And I can fly a freaking aircraft. I mean, how many people can say that? It's, it's, uh, I, I don't know. That, that really. Yeah, <laughs> I know we sometimes uh, forget the bad parts after doing something amazing, like learning to fly. But did you have some lows during your training? And if so, can you describe some of those? Yeah, the lows for me, um, I think were two. Uh, one was I'm not an onstage type of a guy. And every mistake that I made um, was in front of everyone, uh, at least in my mind, right? I, I think Nobody in, really in, cared. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all in your own yeah. head. But... Screwing up radio calls, sounding like, oh, man, that was, uh, what an idiot. <laughs> At least in my mind. I've put um, a lot of my screw-ups out on my podcast, so, because uh, I recorded okay. all of my flights. Okay, so, okay, okay. Um, At least my listeners know that I, I have a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. So, that um, that hit me hard. Am I ever going to get this right? Um that would be one thing. This yeah, another thing would be my screw ups as far as on the ground, uh, a time or two, pulling out at the wrong time onto a, onto a taxiway or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, because people are, I, I'm sorry, tower will often identify aircraft by um, watch out for that archer or watch out for that seminal or whatever. And if you're not from an aircraft background what the heck is a Seminole? You know, what, what's an archer? I don't know what there's that is. There's a lot is. of assumed knowledge. In yeah, there's a lot there? of yeah. assumed knowledge, which I didn't know. Um, uh, I think the the big thing for me, though... Were you looking for an animal or something? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't heard of a Seminole. Is Should that I like shoot a coyote? It? <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, I I didn't feel I was ever going to get landings right, but I got them. I felt like that too, by the way. Yeah. I felt like that too. I've got, I've I've since come to learn that that's pretty normal and it's kind of universal. Yeah. I, because I'm used to picking things up, you know, quickly, especially something I'm passionate about. And I was frustrated. Yeah. You know, it just takes repetition. It takes doing it over and over again. And I remember thinking again, I've, recorded all of my lessons and most of my flights since I've been a pilot. And I will say again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I highly recommend that because it lets you learn from your learning, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And years later, I've gone back and listened to some of it, especially as I've been producing the podcast and shouldn't have taken me years, but it did. And it kind of takes you back there and reminds you, oh yeah, I was really embarrassed by this. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, it, because I think of it now and I think, hey, flying is awesome. I just love it. But there were times during my training, and I'm guessing you were the same from what you're saying, that I was going, maybe I can't do this. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going with this. I was, there were times, a few times in the middle of it um, that I was like, okay, well, Tim, you gave it a good shot, but right. you're not cut out for this. You're just, you're, 
you're not gonna make it through. This is just you're a you're a waste of time at this. And it, but I I just thought, nope, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I just kept pushing on it. If nothing else, the moral is perseverance. <laughs> exactly, right? yeah. perseverance. Get your yeah, you know, get your head back. Get your emotions under control. Study if you need to study. Practice if you need to practice. Just get it done. You can do it. You can do That's it. That's the bottom, yep. bottom line. And well, what about the high points? What are some of the high points you remember of your High training? points I remember are, honestly, uh, toward the end of the training, when you start to get more accustomed, you know, you start to, to leave... Uh, I, I don't know, maybe this is too strong a language, but you start to leave behind and you don't ever leave behind what's on your checklist, but it becomes more automatic to you. Um, whereas when you're starting out, it's like every single thing is like Boring. excruciating. Yeah. Trying to remember it, trying to, uh, I don't know. It takes a lot out of you. Um, but toward the end of the training where things have be started to become muscle memory when to rotate the aircraft get it off the ground when to take out flaps if you're doing um, a short field takeoff or a soft field takeoff all, all of those things the, you've done them a number of times it's starting to become much more um, second nature second nature muscle memory yep. and where am I going with this you get up there and I remember I got out of the, the Delta airspace. Now I'm out over the open desert. The air is beautiful. Um, the sunshine is, is out. Um, it's, it's morning, so the sun is coming up over the mountains, and I am flying through the <laughs> air. It just flying. It's I am flying. It's sort of spiritual for me sometimes, actually. I... I, I I, I'm just like, I'm flying a freaking aircraft and it's, it's nice. It's fun. I'm going 130 miles an hour through the air and I, I it's beautiful. It's beautiful out there. <laughs> the scenery is beautiful. It's things that it's a whole people, different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and around that time, you, you know, you, you've done so many steep turns for example you pull a couple of steep turns or um you just kind of get a little bit more playful of course within limits of your aircraft but you're starting to feel comfortable and this it just becomes a really gratifying beautiful experience it really does a lot of work went into it and it's starting to pay off and you're like, wow, I'm doing something that a lot of people don't get to do. Amazing. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So you've touched on a few areas that were challenging for you of the training. Uh, one was, you know, initially getting the landings down. Would you say that was the hardest part of the training or was there something else that comes to mind if you were to pick out kind of the hardest aspect of your training what was it getting out of my own way i mean in an emotional sense okay um 
uh, I was my own worst enemy in a lot of ways. Uh, negative thinking, you know, like, oh man, I'm not going to make this. I'm not cut out for this. I'm, I'm, I am a joker on the radio or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, joker, not in the funny sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, whatever it is. Uh, for me, it was pushing past that and making myself persist past the emotions, um, the timidity, if you will, or something like that. But yeah, the in terms of sheer training, I'd say, yeah, just getting the landings right. Yeah. Most of the maneuvers after some practice weren't too challenging. Oh, stalls. Stalling an aircraft on purpose is just, (laughs) oh, man. Yeah, that, I'd say the first. Disconcerting? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, disconcerting. So let me ask you this. Have you done it on your own since you've got your... Since I've got my license, yeah. no, I haven't. Um, I I did it on. So you have your initial solo, which is the one we talked about earlier, uh, kind of ad nauseum. But you also have some other solos when you're working through this, where you go out to the practice area and you you need to perform some maneuvers and then come yeah. back, and you've got to solo do that practice. on your yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there, I I did go through those those maneuvers and. Stalling the aircraft was, yeah, it's really uh, the first few times. I won't ever say I'm comfortable with it, but the first few times were, this is really, this is not natural. Yeah, was was one type of stall more disconcerting than others, like a power on with a turn or power off? Which one was more difficult for you? Hmm. Or maybe both it was of, just stalling. I, I think they're in they're general. both yeah, just they're both pretty equal. Maybe the losing your stomach and yeah. heading down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Feeling the aircraft just go limp. Like <laughs> I you know, the aircraft is saying, I can't do this anymore, I give up. <laughs> and and then you it just begins to fall. Yeah. And that that feeling is and, and this warriors, is not what I got up here for. <laughs> yeah, these warriors are pretty benign too when they stall. They're pretty yeah, stable. It's yeah, kind of more like a a leaf falling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some airplanes that would uh, really wake you up. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I haven't tried that yet. But no, I, I. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a science to it. You just pull right. I mean, you go through a set of steps and. Yep pull right out of it and it's why we train right yep you just need a little altitude yeah if you have altitude you're fine right? yeah you don't want to you do that 500 do feet from the ground no yeah. excellent all right so uh you touched on this a little bit so this might be a little bit of an i don't know answer but um, i would love to know what your plans are for the future in aviation yeah yeah, so uh, I was entertaining the idea of um, so I'm I'm getting close to to retirement and or I don't know close to retirement I I still have closer than you yeah, were yeah closer than I was exactly <laughs> but I've been in the IT world for pretty much 
all my everything past college. Um, so I thought in my head, um, maybe I would take this, uh, take this all the way to commercial, but not fly passengers, um, fly, uh, fly packages. So, uh, maybe fly for FedEx or UPS, or I don't know, some, some Mm -hmm. delivery type of a company and just, uh, get out there in the big jet, fly, fly a cargo somewhere and just have a peaceful, as long as they'll let me continue type of mm-hmm. a um wind down wind down to life so um that was one idea um now with the expense though that that's kind of pressing me pretty hard uh and i don't know if i'll make it there given my age and the expense and um and what it took <laughs> it took to get the pilot's license sure, i'm kind of sure I'm kind of slacking off but now. But you did consider um, actually flying professionally. I That's did, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I thought it would be a nice low-key change to mm-hmm. the IT world, which is constant uh, learn, 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 go, go, go. Um, your your foot's never off the gas. Yeah, in, the, thing, in, the, the, the way I think about it, if you're a pilot professionally – you're always going to be learning and training and everything. But when you're not training and you're not learning and you're not flying, you're off the clock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And for people like us who, you know, have customers that we work with and things like that, you're never really away from work. Yeah. You know, there's always something sort of hanging over you. Exactly. That's kind of what I was shooting at. And, and I think another part of that is that the, the basics, the dynamics of, of flying, the, the, those fundamentals, they're always there uh, no matter what. The, whereas in, in my current IT world, the ground um, shifts, under, the you ground the shifts under you. Some, some <laughs> guy that's a third year age will come out with a new thing that changes everything. And, oh, boy, here we go. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, what about personally in aviation? I mean, do you want to use it for personal travel? Um, do you want to do any additional training, even if you don't go the commercial route? Do you want mm-hmm. to get your instrument rating? Um, do you want to fly a tailwheel floats? I mean, mm-hmm. is there anything on your on your agenda or your bucket list in aviation? Um, right now, I'd have to say uh, the the only thing really that that's of interest to me and and we've talked about this is just uh i think it would be nice to own a plane with a group of people just a shared shared ownership of of an aircraft because uh being solely responsible for an aircraft i I wouldn't really want to do that uh i'd want to share that expense because i wouldn't use it that much uh, enough to justify that i think okay but um, just having, it, I think it would be kind of nice to have more freedom with your own aircraft, not having to try to being at the, the, the mercy of trying to find a rental and, um, uh, cause that, that, that's actually kind of hard to do. Yeah. Uh, to, to book a plane. In the rental world, you can't really, it, it's very difficult to take a plane 
for a few days on a trip. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. Yep. So yeah, exactly, you don't you take it off, fly somewhere for a week, and that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they want their aircraft back. Um, that's the yeah. money maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, and and also you're if you rent, you got to rent from the same place or make sure you're getting the same aircraft because you you have to be familiar with those controls. So yep. Excellent. All right. I've got one more question for you. It's a multi-parter though, I think. Okay. <laughs> Is your mom still with us? She, she passed away in 2020. Oh, yeah. she did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Did she know that you were thinking about? Nope. Nope. Uh, she did not. So this is after she had passed away. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think she would have felt about you becoming a pilot? Uh, she wouldn't, she would have been extremely uncomfortable with that. My mom would roll with anything, mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't, uh, any kind of a high control person that would have, uh, laid some sort of guilt trip on me or anything <laughs> like that. She wouldn't have done that, but she ins- would have been inside she would have been, I lost my husband to this and I don't want to lose a son. And that would not have. Yeah. 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 When you mentioned her earlier, I thought of that. Um, You know, I wonder how she felt, but I wasn't sure if she. Yeah, uh, no, she, she she knows, but she can't talk to you about it. That's that's right. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Someday you're going to have this discussion. Yeah. yeah, She's going to call me, call me out on it. Yep. Excellent. So is there anybody else uh, in your life, friends, family, anybody like that, that your journey has gotten them interested? Or maybe there's somebody in your life who's kind of scared of flying who you've talked to about it. Any of those situations? Mostly just people think, wow, that's cool. You know, that that's awesome. That's really amazing. But nobody uh, nobody's hopped up and signed up yet there there are several people at work because i did kind of share some of the journey with uh with some folks at work that uh that said oh man i've always wanted to do that and so they'll ask See, me that's all what kinds i normally of, hear yeah that's why your story is so interesting because it's usually oh, i've always wanted to do that and yeah. I just haven't yet yeah. yeah 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 so i just uh yeah i tell my uh, you know, I answer what questions I can and tell them my story. And I just tell them if, if you want to do it, the younger you do it, the better. Uh, I, because I think the younger you are, the easier it is for you to more quickly learn. And there's, like I said, those, those three aspects, it pushes you in every way. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll be more comfortable with it as you uh, are, are younger. And also there, if, if you do want to go commercial, the forced retirement, per my understanding, uh, from, uh, the airlines is age 65. So, uh, if you put in all of this, this work and this expense, unless you're military, uh, um, uh, you want to get some payback from it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would really recommend if you want to do it, do it as young as you can. Yeah. Have you had the opportunity to take anybody for their first flight in a small airplane yet? Um, I took my son up and he, he, he thought it was awesome. He took all kinds of pictures up there. 
Um, and just to set the stage here, your son is an adult. Yeah, right? he's yeah. 25. Yeah, he's 25 now. Um, he was 24 then. Uh, but yeah, I took him up. Um, and uh, yeah, he had a uh, he, he enjoyed it. Um, I didn't make him throw up and he, <laughs> he didn't say he was scared or anything. He was, <laughs> Tell me about so, that flight. What did you do? Uh, I just flew over the lakes. Uh, yeah. So here in Arizona, we don't have any natural lakes. We have man-made lakes, but still they're, they're pretty. Um, so if you fly out a Falcon and there's you, a string of them. Yeah. They're them. all in a, in a yeah. nice, um, uh, nice row uh, along a well, nice row. They're they're all, all <laughs> along, along the salt river. yeah, along yes. the Salt River exactly. <laughs> um, definitely not in any straight line, no. Yeah. As as land formations go, but um, I went up over the, I took him up over the superstitions um, and uh, over Saguaro and then Apache and Canyon and Roosevelt. and Roosevelt and then looped back uh over to to bartlett oh okay um north of scottsdale yeah yeah and then back into falcon i think that's uh the mcdowell indian reservation yes yeah yeah and then back into falcon yeah yeah that's a great flight it was beautiful and it was in the evening so the sun was was going down and so you had the one of the most incredible things on that flight that i find or you know flights in that direction when you're flying out below the peaks of the superstitions but somewhat close to them because of those sheer cliffs you know are you familiar with flat iron it's that outcropping on the superstitions it's facing kind of northwest okay it looks like a old time iron yeah which is why it's called that you, you you know you usually don't have enough altitude to be above the superstitions you kind of fly next to them when you're headed up to roosevelt or something like that i just find it amazing to be looking over at those sheer cliffs mm. and you're below the peaks yeah and i i don't know there's something about that that is just incredible to me and you're looking at the beautiful desert these lakes and mountains yeah it's an unbelievable flight yeah yeah cool yeah right now i just i fly with uh, other pilots who want to go up and build time and just stay um try to stay on top of things so awesome well thank you very much for spending this time with me. No, absolutely. It's been fun. Yeah. Awesome. Um, anything else that I didn't ask that I should have? I can't think of anything else. You're, you're very thorough. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, thanks, Tim. I really appreciate it. And this was super fun. Yeah. We should do it again sometime when we get more experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Jets. All right. Well, that's it for the interview, but please listen on for a call to action I have for everyone. I do hope you enjoyed our chat and got some insight into another person's experience during his recent primary training. It's always instructive to find out how others' endeavors go in aviation. As usual, I would love to hear from you. I am enjoying getting the notes and comments from listeners again, so keep reaching out. I'll mention once again that I have a call to action for you. And yes, I'm talking to you, my favorite listener. If any of you are currently or have recently completed any flight training, either for your private or a more advanced rating, please reach out to me. I would love to talk to you about your experiences and maybe do a little feature about it on the podcast. My email address is bill at studentpilotcast.com, or you can get a note to me on the website contact form at studentpilotcast.com, 
On Twitter, I'm at Bill Will. That's Bravo India Lima Lima, Whiskey India Lima. So don't hesitate. Send me a note. As I said before, it was a great time for me to sit down in person, mind you, for a chat with Tim. I loved hearing about his experiences and insights as well as his motivations in aviation. Everyone has different goals and different paths, and this diversity is the spice of any endeavor, including aviation. So while we all have different paths and motivations, don't we all just want to fly? I mean, that's why Tim became a pilot. for today's episode is To Be an Angel by the Canadian band Uncle Seth. You can get more information and subscribe to the podcast feeds on the web at studentpilotcast.com. Remember, any instruction that you hear in this podcast was meant for me and for me alone in the situation I was in at the time. Please do not try to blindly apply anything you see or hear in this podcast to your own flying without thinking it through on your own completely. If you have questions about any aspect of your flying, please consult a qualified CFI.